Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Keeson here with Louis D'Souza and our new special third co-host, my sister-in-law, Yuona Thiessen. Today is Monday, March the 9th, 2020. It is 4 p.m. New York time, but wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And as we promised last week, two are becoming three, which is kind of appropriate, Yuona, because you were my first original full-time co-host back in the day like what was that like six seven years ago something like that actually yeah wow it doesn't seem that long but i know i know (laughs) yeah you did it with me for about a year a little over a year and uh, and then you had other things you had to go on to so it's great to have you back and yes (laughs) and it's a little bit different this time i mean last time was a lot less slow it was much more low tech this time it's higher tech we have microphones, we have video. I mean, you know, you, you got a whole, whole lot of stuff here to get used to. I know. We didn't have video before, so that's the, the, the newest part. But then again, I wasn't a doctor either. <laughs> that's true. Congratulations to Yona because she became a, a Ph.D. in statistics in January. She is now part of the Pile Higher and Deeper Club. <laughs> but she's also, I mean, she was working on that Ph.D. for so, how many years? It was a long uh, time ago. Oh, I. I I hate to to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but you did it. You got there. And that's really the most important part. So hooray right. for that. Exactly. You know possible. the statistics of the duration, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I do, yes. <laughs> Louis, I actually And you know to. how to play with statistics so that you get the best results. Eh? Of course, absolutely. <laughs> that, that, was, well, that was the question I asked her. I said, okay, now you're officially a doctor. Is it true? Can you confirm for me? Is it true that a statistician can make statistics say anything that they want to make them say? She just blurted right out. She said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, now that we're on record, I want to add within limits. <laughs> within limits. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to uh, basically alienate the entire statistical uh, exactly. um, field of, of personnel. Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, you only actually brings a number of different uh, skills to the table. Statistics is actually small compared to many of them. Back when we were doing shows together, you, we spent a lot of time talking about health-related stuff. Yep. Because at the time, your your uh, PhD path was kind of going in a slightly different direction, and it really brought you into a lot of stuff that fit in perfectly with what we were talking about with the law of attraction. Yeah. So I mean that kind of, and that's kind of been the impetus between behind bringing you back here again. So I mean it's kind of fun. We're going to be you know reliving like you know in old times. It was good. Yes, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, because back then I was uh, pursuing. My emphasis was actually neuroscience, and I spent five years doing that research. And um, uh, for reasons we may or may not go into, I decided <laughs> to shift out of that to, um, you know, more of the technical side and less of the lab wet science, as it's called. But I still have, you know, a tremendous um, love for that field, and I still do a lot of research on my own in that. So. Uh, you know, getting to come on the show and talk about that is actually really, really fun for me. So, and, and I'm anticipating that there's going to be some nice overlap here because Louis is very much into nutrition and health and so forth. Oh, and I'm, oh, awesome. I'm expecting that's going to be, I mean, his big thing in life, but well, besides his, uh, his uh, self-employment because he's a successful entrepreneur and so forth, his big thing in life is he loves teaching people about the law of attraction. Okay. And, uh, you know, when you combine those two together, he, he's told some interesting stories about how they overlap. In fact, his sister-in-law, this is kind of a sister-in-law thing going on, here, <laughs> but his sister-in-law was also a co-host for a while. Oh, really? 
And she came onto the show because she was into something called Jinshinjutsu, which oh. Louis is also a practitioner of. And, uh, I mean, I'll let Louis explain that part of it too, but there's, there's just like lots of little areas of overlap. So I'm thinking this is going to be an interesting, uh, compilation of skills here by having the three of us on this show. Definitely. I'm looking forward to learning a lot. So Louis, let me go to you next. What, uh, first of all, hello. I hope you had a great weekend. Anything going on, first of all, that, uh, you want to tell people about? <laughs> oh, I've just been very busy. Um, uh, I've taken two garages and made them into one and, uh, and, and done a lot of things on it. So it's just, it's just been very, very hands on. It's been quite fun. Well, you actually told one of the stories last week about what was going on with the garage. So I'm glad to hear you got that ironed out. (laughs) Well, there's more and more stories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do tell. With boulders, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Very true. Very true. But uh, you always bring the positive attitude. That what what was the phrase? If not this, then something better. That's that's the attitude. If not that, then something better. Yeah. Yeah. This or that. Yeah. 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 And it's worked out beautifully for you over and over and over again. Over and over again, yes. And our our uh, listeners who are also watching on YouTube are going to see you've changed your background. I mean, <laughs> now, now you own is actually. I don't like on, cold and wet England, so I'm in Florida now. <laughs> which is actually where you want to is. She's like, you know, a half an hour from the coast, and you're right. looking like you're on the coast. So yes. we just want to make sure our, our viewers are confused. <laughs> in <laughs> yeah, my <right>. mind. <laughs> But it looks great. I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm loving all these backgrounds that you can now change. Yeah. We're experiencing a warm spell right now. So I'm almost feeling like that that's actually the ocean outside of my window. So that's pretty cool. Oh. I like that. <laughs> you know, this is the way the weather should have been when we were down there in January. I know. I know. It should have been like that. Uh, yes. it's, it's beautiful today. Louise and I got out for a walk. It's in the low 70s. It's just, oh, it's beautiful. Anyway. So, um, I didn't really have a particular topic in mind. I figured this was just kind of like a get to know everybody kind of a thing. I know you want, you've been thinking about stuff. It was kind of what made you want to come back. Was there anything particular you wanted to talk about today? Um, you know, I, um, now that you mentioned Louis is into jujitsu and, um, I'm also pursuing a health, ex- a new health exercise thing, which it's just new for me, which is, um, by the way, it's Jinshin Jitsu, which is a different thing. It's, it's not it's a it's healing not... art as opposed to a martial art. Oh, right. I see. Right. Okay. I, I was mistaken. It reminds me of the uh, progressive commercial. I don't know if you guys see that in England, but where the guy's into all kinds of stuff. And they say, are you into martial arts? And he says, no, just Jitsu. It's a very what particular skill set or something like that. <laughs> but um, what I'm doing nowadays is H-I-I-T which is high high intensity interval resistance uh, training. Yes. Training. Yes, 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 yes. I've, and I've taught some um, H I I R T classes. And what is that? High intensity interval resistance training. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. So I have not con- incorporated the resistance part of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have, because if you use the weight of your body, then you've used a bit of resistance. But... That's true. <laughs> But it, it's been a really, um, you know, it's kind of uh, going along with, as, as Walt, I was shared with Walt, that I'm very much interested now in the whole concept of struggle. And, you know, I've been uh, running for, you know, decades, but always, you know, just jogging, you know, at whatever pace I feel comfortable jogging at. But I decided to try HIIT as part of that 
whole, my new mindset of embracing the struggle and challenging myself. And um, it's been an absolutely amazing uh, experience thus far. And, you know, just a change in attitude, right? Because you really have to push yourself with these intervals. But just knowing that I'm doing it for a different, with a different uh, perspective in mind, it has made it so much more fun. In fact, Mark and I both do it, my husband and I. And, you know, we're, we're just really enjoying um, not just the physical benefits, but the mental and the emotional and, you know, the neurological benefits of, of that kind of training. So, yeah, it's, it's really been a lot. Of I, I think a, a lot of our listeners may not know what it is. Do you want to just explain what HIIT is? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, so mine is just H-I-I-T. <laughs> You're a hit and I'm uh, right. <laughs> Oh, don't cry. <laughs> yes, yeah, so H-I-I-T is high intensity interval training. And what it does is it allows you to uh, work out for a shorter period of time with bouts of very intense intervals. So, for example, what I do is I do it, I do it on the treadmill and I follow, I actually follow this um, video, this guy is doing it. And so you run at a, a pace that's reasonably comfortable, you know, you warm up for five minutes and then you put the speed up as fast as you can go, you know, that you can sustain for 30 seconds. <laughs> And for me right now, that's eight miles per hour. I'm working on getting that up. You know, my husband is running at, I think he's does 11 and 12, but of course he's got much longer legs. So it looks <laughs> so much easier for him. So I put the speed up for to eight miles per hour for 30 seconds. And then I bring it back down to about four uh, miles per hour for another minute and a half. And I do a series of those intervals. Actually, I, I do eight. I didn't you know, in the beginning, I couldn't do eight, but I've now worked up to where I can do eight, um, you know, and, and there are different ways. You don't have to use a treadmill. You could do it walking. And like you were talking about with the resistance training, I'm sure you could do that with weights as well. But the idea is to challenge your body. And in, with the with the running is you're challenging your cardiovascular system. You're, you're putting this intense um, physical challenge on the system such that it is working at maximum capacity for, you know, a very short period of time. And then you get, you come back down to a comfortable level and allow uh, your heart and your cardiovascular to recover. And you do that several times with the goal of um, increasing your recovery, your recovery ability, there's such a term, um, because for a number of reasons, but one of which is that, it actually um, helps to increase the production of uh, human growth hormones in the, in the system. And, you know, that's involved in anything from healing to anti-aging to growing new neurons to a whole bunch of benefits. So, so that's essentially what it is. That's cool. Yeah. And how's that different uh, from H-I-I-R-T? Well, all it is is you're adding resistance into it, so it can be those bells. But what I was doing in, in my classes is I had a Bulgarian bag, which is basically a moon-shaped or, half, uh, you know, half-moon-shaped uh, bag with handles, which you swing around that's full of sand. 
or okay. the weight. So it, it's soft, so it's not hard like a weight, so it can't hurt really. Um, and there's some tremendous um, moves that you can do to really stretch and, and strengthen the body. Martial arts people do it, tennis players you do it. You know, a lot of people do it just to strengthen themselves up and to build um, to build the muscles because it's very good at building muscles while while you burn fat. So it's really good yeah. at shaping the body. Yeah, I, I can see how that is uh, actually additionally beneficial beneficial because what I'm doing is mostly working on my cardiovascular system and not so mm. much on my muscular system. But uh, but would they use this while they're running or how would they use the bags? Um, the bags are generally done in a standing position where you do squats, um, oh, okay. you know, um, small movements with the feet, but not, not massive. Okay. So you're okay. using most the core and your, your upper body. Okay. And then, of course, you can do cardio like you're doing as well separately, but that, mm -hmm. that's not what this class was about. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So I guess that's the next challenge for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's special about doing it uh, high intensity? Why, why is that important? Well, uh, what it that, is, is it's... Okay. <laughs> I should have been specific. <laughs> Who am I asking here? Let's, Louis, let's go to you first. <laughs> yeah, since he was the teacher of this, so let's... <laughs> So a lot of people want to shape up and to shape up, you going to be able to get it much, much quicker by using the high intensity and interval and specifically the resistance aspect. So when you combine those together, um, you, you burn, as I've mentioned before, you burn a lot more fat, um, you build muscle and, you know, the speed with which you can do it. That's what's special about it. <clears throat> is is tremendous it is really um quite key the health and strength benefit in your body is just income you know almost um not comparable to to other other methods because when when you do that intense aspect um and then you do the rest periods it is very 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 healthy for the body yes yeah yeah be, besides producing the um human growth hormone one of the things that these um, high intensity periods and, and recovery uh, does is that it actually helps you to maintain uh, a higher met metabolism <laughs> for longer periods. So yes. if I just if I'm just jogging, if I jog for you know an, uh, an hour or so, my metabolism goes up, but then it kind of goes down pretty precipitously but with high intensity uh interval training your metabolism goes up and it it goes back down much more slowly so you're able to actually elevate your resting metabolism um you know during significantly yes yes yeah so that's just one of the main yeah benefits as well that sounds pretty cool i mean I have to admit the idea of working really, really hard for 30 seconds doesn't sound all that enticing, but if it means that you're going to get uh, quicker results, okay, well, I can kind of see doing that, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not that. It's actually a lot more enticing than you think because you're getting rests in your exercise quite quickly. And That's you're true. getting to, you're getting, in those rest periods, you're feeling like wanting to, oh, let's speed it up again. So it, it really has a, a very great psychological benefit of getting people to, to push themselves a bit further um, in a very easy way. Yeah. I know for me, one of the things that I've experienced is that 
for 30 seconds, you get to feel like Usain Bolt. (laughs) 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 I mean, so, so it's a double sided thing, right? Because you get to run as fast as you can and that feeling is awesome. And just knowing that you're only doing this for 30 seconds, uh, you know, and not for any much longer is so much great. So great. But even after you've done extra, after you worked out and you're going about your day and you're, you're like, you know what? I just ran eight miles an hour on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, it was only for periods of 30 seconds, but Mm -hmm. I did it. And that the psychological benefit is one of the reasons why I've actually taken on the challenge, because like I mentioned, I'm embracing struggle in, in other areas of my life as well. But knowing that, that helps you to, um, it, it just kind of builds your confidence, which is, you know, something that you can't pay for. You, you build your confidence, not just with physical uh, tasks, but just with any kind of task in general, because now you realize that you can, you could take on most any challenge, at least for, you know, short periods of time. And it helps you also, you know, when I do the intervals, I do sets of eight, I, I feel stronger physically. I feel stronger emotionally, uh, mentally, you know, when I'm working on the computer and sometimes I get tired, I think about my HIIT experiences and I think, you know what, I can push through for another interval of this, you know? And so, so there it's, it's really great. The, now mind you, one of the reasons why I resisted doing it in the past is because it is hard. <laughs> it is very hard. But, you feel like but, you've worked out when you're finished. Yeah. Yes, yes, you do. I mean, it, it, you know, even when you're running, like, <laughs> so here's the thing, right? Um, you start running at eight miles per hour and you're running with all your might and you're thinking, oh, it must have been 30 seconds already. And you look at the time, it's only been five. <laughs> <laughs> But you know that 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 that's the other thing why I do it because one of the things I'm doing is learning to, uh, and we can get into this more. But learning to how should I say, control my ego in terms of my emotional, the emotional sensations that come from these um, patterns, whether it's mental or or or, or physical. But learning to actually um, recognize these these uh. Um, signals that are coming from my body and learning to be okay with them. So as I'm running and I'm feeling like I am not going to make it because that's the signal my body is sending to me because this is new. This is different. I've not done this before. And my body is screaming, you better stop or else you're going to kill my yourself kind of thing. And I, you know, I just said, okay, yeah, that's information. It's coming. And that's not necessarily true. I've done this before and I can do it again. And I, I will be okay. In fact, not just okay. I'll be actually better for it. So that's all, you know, there's so many reasons why I love HIIT. <laughs> and we have a live stream listener. Josephine is joining us and she's asking a question. And Yona, I know what the answer is where you're concerned. I suspect I know what it might be where Louie is concerned. But she says, have any of you ever read Bruce Lipton's Biology of Belief? It relates to the health and fitness topic you're covering right now. Yes, I have read uh, biology of belief. I've read it a long time ago because actually it was very much in line with the research that I was doing, you know, with the, the body. And in fact, I was doing that kind of research, growing cells in the Petri dish. And, you know, the idea was that it was all about um, the DNA. And he's saying, no, actually, it's about the, you know, um, 
the covering of the cell. And I just forgot the word for the covering of the cell. <laughs> membrane? The membrane. There we go. The cell membrane. <laughs> hey, the non-scientist did it. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, reading Bruce Lipton really changed my mind. I have to admit that when I tried to communicate that, those ideas to my professors, they were like, what? That's crazy talk. <laughs> Yeah, so I learned who I could and could not talk with this talk with this about. Yeah. And I remember we talked quite a bit about Lipton when yeah. you were doing doing the show with me the first time. So that's how I knew that you knew it. Uh, Louis, are, are you familiar with Lipton's work? Not at all. Not at oh. all. Okay. Mm. Yeah, he's definitely worth checking out. But uh, yeah, he's he's, he's uh, revolutionary. He he's shaking up science. I mean, and yeah. pissing a lot of people off. So that's always a good sign. <laughs> Yes, 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 definitely. What's what's his basic um, idea? So um, he so he is a PhD scientist in in biology, and you know he started challenging some of the um, dogmas in science, even in his own research, and then in what he was teaching because he was teaching at the medical school at the time, and of course he since left um, you know conventional uh, science, and he now teaches and writes along the lines of law of attraction. But the main idea is that, um, and I hope I'm not doing a disservice to his, his work, but he talks about being able to, to change um, you, you know, who you are. Um, and it involves <laughs> among other things, changing your belief about, you know, who you are and about the world and about the system and it's not just about, um, you know, uh, I don't know. He talks about um, hypnosis and all these other things. <laughs> well, maybe you more recently read on, on, on Bruce Lipton than I am. <laughs> it, it's been a while, actually, since I read it. I, I last read it about two or three years ago. But uh, he, he basically goes through a lot of the conventional wisdom of science and biology and challenges it based on research that he's found that others have done within the field of biology that challenges some of those strictures, some of those, those long held beliefs and says, you know, the, the results you guys are getting are not matching up with what your, lo your long-term theories have been. It's time to start shifting the theories. And that of course is where he's getting the pushback um, because you, know, you don't do that unless you have you know, thousands and thousands of research projects on your side. He's saying, well, no, I've got a few on my side and they're actually pretty interesting. Take a look at them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Was I, I, was he not on the secret? Yes. I well. His or, face looks familiar. He wasn't in, a look on. He wasn't in the secret. I don't think. No. He was in one of those type I, of uh, videos about the uh, law of attraction with other scientists and other uh, mm. experts. I think he may have been. Who do you think you are? I think he may have been in that movie, or whatever the name of that movie was. Some name like that one. But you're right. He was in one of those movies. But I, I remember one of the things he talked about is because he actually did the research himself where um, he had these cells and he manipulated them such that they all had um, the same DNA, but he changed certain aspects of the cell membrane and that changed the way the cell um, behaved. And so he's saying his idea was that the DNA is not in, in control. It's the membrane that is the brain of the cell. And he extended that, he extrapolated that to, to say that um, 
we are not controlled by our DNA, but by the environmental factors that, um, you know, the whole idea of epigenetics. I don't know if he actually used the term, but it's a similar idea that there are things other than DNA that determine, um, you know, how our bodies manifest and how our lives. And by the way, I butchered that movie title. It was What the Bleep Do We Know? So <laughs> please forgive me for the earlier mispronunciation completely of what the title of the movie was. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> That's what I said it was, but no. <laughs> what the bleep do we know? <laughs> okay, well, that should be the next movie, Walt. I think you need to start working on that. Who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's quite a controversial title, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> and it was actually one of those movies that was uh, kind of panned when it first came out because it was it was so alternative. You know, it was mm-hmm. it had a woo woo aspect to it. Of course, you can't have any of that. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, that was one of the reasons why I avoided um, the secret for a long time. Having grown up in the church in a very conservative um, religion. You know the way the the secret was marketed. It was like like um, like magic or or black black magic or some kind you know that kind of idea. And so I thought white oh, magic, white magic, white yeah. magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I stayed away from it for a while until Oprah <clears throat> interviewed her um, uh, Brian. And of course, if Oprah interviews her, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Rhonda Byrne definitely moved the movie along when she got into Oprah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> it's funny, too, because as you're saying that, I'm reminded about how this podcast got started. Because mm-hmm. you remember that time we were in our house yes. and we were sitting next to the sliders there. We were the, talking about all this stuff. And I was saying, you know, we really should be doing a podcast or something like that on this. And you guys all said, yeah, that sounds good. And I could see the look in your eyes like, oh, God, please no, don't ask me to do that. <laughs> Yeah, we thought you were going to do the podcast. <laughs> well, apparently I was. That's what ended up happening, you know. That's true. You're right. But that's that what I'm reminded true. of is that's kind of what got the whole thing going. And at that conversation, that's where you voiced the same opinion that yes. this was, it was a difficult topic because of it your is. religious upbringing. Right. And I, w- I was not alone. I'm sure a lot of people had the similar. A lot of people have expressed difficulties with it. Some people have gone through uh, changes with religious beliefs. I mean, Louis and I have talked about that a lot. He's had... Mm-hmm. Uh, even more interesting experiences than I have as far as I'm concerned in terms of uh, what he's gone through with his uh, spiritual beliefs. But there are a lot of people who are very strongly Christian religious who, yeah, they, they bump into it. I, I saw like three or four posts on Facebook just the last week. Really? Uh, people, people saying, what do you do? I mean, how do you handle that kind of situation? Cause it, it, it can be pretty tough because it is challenging. I mean, yeah. there are overlaps, the overlaps help, but still it's challenging. I mean, Louie, well, you went through that more than anybody, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's complicated. I mean, everybody's life is so full of many different parameters and experiences. But, you know, I was brought up Roman Catholic and, um, you know, from the age of eight, I said to my mom, what is truth, love and God really about? And she went, huh? (laughs) I realized realized that I had to, you know, find my own way and my own understanding. um, And I wasn't going to get it from my parents. And um, there was nobody in my childhood who gave me even a crumb, you know, not a crumb. So there was one, one experience I had. It was uh, fascinating for me because I was hiking and camping all the time. And this one lady from Johannesburg, you know, I was in South Africa and 
we were down in a, a valley <clears throat> and we'd walked the whole day and we were camping at night and this lady had walked, come from uh, Johannesburg and down with us and she'd walked with us and I kind of got along with her and then we really started chatting and I, you know, I was opened up to her and she was telling me all these things about health and nutrition and family and little pieces of the law of attraction and all that kind of stuff. And it was fascinating to me. And it's like first person who was giving me all these bits of pieces of truth. And um, we started talking, <clears throat> we started talking about um, my relationship with my parents and all the rest of it. And um, I was just so, you know, all these crumbs were filling together and my stomach was in a knot and I was so excited and it was one o'clock in the morning and it's only the two of us left around the, the campfire. And um, I said to her, why don't people speak like this all the time? And she said to me, because they're scared. Mm. And it was like a light bulb moment, like, wow, of course, yeah. now I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't find anybody else to speak to for many years after that. So that was like, you know, I always say I was I was born in a brought up in a religious sea, but a spiritual desert. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This my experience has not been that dramatic. It's been very gradual over the years because I've struggled, you know, back and forth. But what I've come to realize is that, you know, at, at its core, the law of attraction is very much in line with um, with Christian beliefs in terms of what the Bible teaches and what, what Jesus taught, you know, at the original teachings at, before it became corrupted, if I should say. <laughs> yeah, you know, I found that. And one of the things, one of the re writers that helped me understand that was um, Neville Goddard. Because uh -huh. uh, he was one who found a way to cut and kind of merged LOA and, and the law of attraction. In, in fact, you know, of course he predates the secret and all the hype about the law of attraction. He's been teaching this some 50 years ago, but um, you know, he incorporated a lot of Christian um, ideologies and, and explained a lot of things. And, and a lot of things that I was confused about growing up as a Christian made a lot more sense um, once it, I interpreted through the, the law of attraction. And so I realized that, you know, this is a universal law and it didn't just come about, you know, when, um, you know, it started becoming popular. It's something that other people have been talking about for, you know, decades, maybe even centuries. There are a lot of other books that were written um, about the same thing, but, you know, it wasn't until Rhonda's marketing genius that it took, the world by force <laughs> and so now i'm able to uh, um you know uh, you know accept loa the tenets of loa and 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 i have to say true christianity not the one that i was raised in <laughs> and realize that actually it's in essence the same thing it it's it's about you know you um the, the the energy the energy the thoughts the emotions whatever it is you want to call that it's, it's that is what um affects what your reality is what you get back in life and you know jesus kind of said the same thing the bible teaches the same thing but it's it's hidden under a lot of other 
And I'm glad that you clarified something for me that I didn't know. I always thought BC was before Christ, but now I know it's before the corruption and <laughs> AD is after the dumbing down. So now I get it. Yes. <laughs> no, really, it is. It's yeah. <laughs> No, I so. thought it was Antichrist Devil's Children, isn't it? There you go. Whoa. All right. <laughs> I didn't say it, Mom. It was these guys. <laughs> oh, dear. I remember oh, that, uh, that 60s, what was it? The ACDC. The, yes, uh, album, yes. You know, the, the group. And they were against that at school. Oh, oh, my gosh, yeah. We had at church, we had like a whole seminar on that rock music and all the hidden and and when when when, when you when you play play the, the, um, backwards. the LP yep. backwards yeah. <laughs> yep we had the same and we sucked that up they do we just sucked it up oh yeah that must be right <laughs> oh my goodness yeah because you know these people in authority the were telling so. us exactly you know they were I, telling us that oh i always wondered so. why they were bothering to actually take the time to play the records backwards but backwards you know. yeah i mean yeah <laughs> it never occurred to me like whoa boy they've been busy oh yeah i mean how else would it's you not hear? that it's the psychological effect that your mind can play it backwards in your sleep or something mm. I, I can't remember what it was about yeah something yeah there was a like fear that. of the unknown right because there were supposed somewhere. to be these subliminal messages that were yeah. being communicated to you mm. and something okay. paul is dead absolutely so. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, he's one of the only Beatles who's still alive. So, so much for that theory. <laughs> but, yeah, the 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 thing about uh, doing these Law of Attraction shows is that I've since I have so many different people who have been my co-hosts, I've had so many different perspectives and so many different viewpoints, mm -hmm. and that to me is one of the great strengths of mm -hmm. the whole thing. Yes, because those different perspectives are just phenomenal. Yeah, Richard I mean, Bach illusion perspective. Use it all. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We just did, we, well, a few months ago, we, uh, Louie and I just did uh, that entire book, the illusions book, cover oh, to cover. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, no, I haven't. No. Oh, you got to read that when you want. Bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's Best the deal. Book ever. ever. All right. Take every well, other book and throw it away. Bring that one to the table. <laughs> okay. Illusions. <laughs> what would I, I so I'm going to make a deal with you, Louis. If I read illusions, you have to read. See, I'm torn between whether you should read Bruce Lipton or Joe Dispenza. Have you read Joe Dispenza? Any? No, neither of them. No. Okay, well then you have to read one of those guys. <laughs> Take your pick. You can go with either one. <laughs> yes, you can go with either one. <laughs> if they're as short as Illusions, I'm quite happy to read them. Oh no, nope. <laughs> they're they're a little bit longer than Illusions. Yeah. Come on, it's got to be something equal. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, read. Read half of the book. <laughs> no, no, just, just take your best, best, best book at the moment—the one you would recommend the most—and I'll read that one. It, it, oh, it's a, that's a tough one, Louis, because Illusions is the only one, the only book exactly. I can think of that was a fiction book teaching law of attraction concepts. Oh, it's a fiction book. Oh, it's a fictional story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And an excellent one. Really, really well done. Although there's another it's fictional so good, you don't know it's a fictional story. Most of the time, you think it's true. Well, that was part of the appeal yeah. when you first read it. Very like, much so. Is it what he's saying? Did this real? really happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did he really mean that? <laughs> okay, yeah. guys, don't don't ruin it for me if I'm going to read this. <laughs> oh, believe me, that doesn't come close to ruining it. Okay. You know, no worries. No worries at all. 
Yeah, but that's the great thing, like you were saying, um, doing all this with the different co-hosts. For me, it's been reading all these different books. Mm -hmm. Each each of the the authors have a different perspective, you know, because I read Joe Dispenza and Joe Lipton, and then there's um, Bradley. What's his last first name? Uh, Oh, geez. What is his name? Bradley. Um, But anyways, he and, uh, you know, I've read um, a lot from... uh, the stroke of insight. No, yeah, what's her name? <laughs> I can't remember what her name is either. <laughs> we're not doing too well here today. No, we're not. I think we need, we need to go do some high intensity workouts yes, to get the brain going. Yeah, we get to get some neurons <laughs> firing up there. <laughs> have either of you read Carol and Mice? Yes, I have read. Yes, Carol. Which and ones? Mice. Um, it's about the archetype. archetype. Arch- archetypes. Arch- yeah. Archetypes, yes. I'm not sure okay. what's the type of title of the That's book. A, it's but, yeah. a bit of a harder one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but I have read her and, um, you know, I've read some of the other books that that Bark introduced me to. He he was big into um, A Course in Miracles and yep. um, some of other, Joe Campbell and some of the other writers that so, of course, in Miracle, Goddard, they're very good at getting or helping Christians tr- yes. move a bit further. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I, I needed that. <laughs> of course, I, I, found, I found that the, those kind of books really not not what I was looking for. I was like, wanted to be way on the other side. <laughs> well, you, well, yeah. You'd go on a very radical route, so that's not terribly surprising. Yeah, yeah. I understand that because after, you know, I had – you know, have been led by the hand gently with, you know, by A Course in Miracles and others, I realized, oh, this is kind of not quite what it's <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like I said, it was what I needed at the time. So, I mean, for me, A Course in Miracles should have been entitled A Course in Headaches because that's what it gave me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so thick and long. I know. It is. It is. I, I got about a third of the way through the book, and I said to myself, "Stop messing with my mind. I don't like this." <laughs> well, it, you know, growing up in conservative Christianity, it was you know because you've read a lot. You know, you read the Bible and other books that are written like that, so it kind of feels a little bit familiar. Although, I, as as Louis hinted, I I felt that I didn't go far enough. It, it was still t- too closely. You know, I remember having discussions with Mark and I'm saying, but he's still saying the same thing that they said. And I want something different, you know, but, you know, I, I understood where he was coming from and how other people saw it as being beneficial. I see one of our other listeners is also confirming he's also a, a reader of biology belief. And yes, he says, I remember backmasking. <laughs> oh, yes. That's what it was called with the music. <laughs> Yes, it seemed like all the churches were trying to uh, protect, quote unquote, the young people from the mm-hmm. evils. Of... <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> you know, the, the, the funny thing was I never listened to that music in the first place. <laughs> so they actually exposed me to this. <laughs> well, that's what I think. I think it worked the opposite way from what they had in mind, you know, and kind of produced so. the opposite result. <laughs> Well, when you understand the law of attraction, when you're pushing against something and saying no, you're activating it. Exactly. So you have to be very careful about what you say and what you do if you want people not to do it. Yeah. Yeah, they were so excited. Specifically when when you just 
um, trying to discipline your kids. You know, <laughs> don't sit on that. Oh, no, I'll just sit yes. over there. You know. Yeah. Uh, don't. Uh, no, uh, um, you know, and and you catch yourself falling all over yourself because you you now you now know what you should be saying, and you haven't practiced enough mm. turning from what you don't want to what you do want. Yes. And it's it really is a practice, and and that is the law of attraction practice that everybody has to do if you want to work with a, with the universal law. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, you that, want to have it work the way you want it to. That lady in the sauna the other day was saying, you know, my daughter's just terrible. She's always on her phone and she, you know, her, you know, her screen time <laughs> is just through the roof and you know, it's just terrible. And, you know, I don't know, what, you know, I don't know how to stop her. And, and she was just going on and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I said to her, have you, have you thought about how beneficial the digital world is? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, you've got the like, uh, uh, yeah. I, I know it's kind of beneficial, but, 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 but she's still spending so much time on it. Yeah. It's a funny thing when we've talked about this a lot, particularly the last couple of weeks, Louie, about how it's really useful to experience what you don't like so that you know what it is that you do like. Mm -hmm. But so often we get hung up on, well, what is it that I do like, I don't know, but it must be the opposite of what I don't like. So I'm just going to keep <laughs> focusing on that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like he's like Louis said, a practice. It's a training. Uh, you have to really overcome uh, these um, the patterns that you've you know that's been established. That your parents have drummed into you. That your teachers have drummed into you. That mm. your priests have drummed into you. Yes, and, and that you have now. <laughs> incorporated into yourself so much so that you think it's who you are and that's mm. yep. that that's the overcoming that needs to and and but done. when when you're changing you you start feeling like quite a different person and you, yeah you you really um <clears throat> you feel like you're putting on new clothes and <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's it's very um you know it's enlightening on one hand but it's it's so so strange on the other hand you know and then when you get together with your family and you realize where all the all your problems came from. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what we take on from our families, from oh, I our, know, I know. our teachers, yeah. from our peers, from yes. other adults that we know. I mean, we just take on so much stuff. We're so right. good. At, we're we're sponges at that age. Yes. We're absorbent. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I am, you know, passionate about this whole idea of embracing the struggle because I think that is. Uh, a very effective path for helping us to um, uh, untrain ourselves, untrain our, our, our minds, our bodies, our, our psyches, you know, to, to, to become a new person. And that path, I think, is, it's, it is a struggle. I, I think that... <clears throat> you're going to land up in a trap if you keep on focusing on that aspect. So if you elaborate the struggle, okay, and you say from the struggle, I'm going to focus on the ease and you spend more time on the ease, that's fine. But I would never focus on the struggle because I know the law of attraction will bring me more struggle it is a fact it's the way the universe works so the the sentence i would maybe change it to slightly would be something like wouldn't be nice that through the struggle from what i know what i don't want i have a much better idea of what i do want uh, 
I don't know, something like that. <clears throat> I would change it. I would not focus on the struggle. <laughs> but you still said the same thing, I think. I... <laughs> That's an interesting question, did he? Because uh, you yes, can look at it energetically. A... Uh-huh. I mean, what, what, what were they different energies or were they the same energy? Was it, was it the same vibration as Abraham would put it? The word struggle is not the same word, same word vibration as the word relief, release. It's not. I know. I, I'm, I'm, yes. Yeah, so the word struggle is not, but you said if I change the struggle, you still use the word so, struggle. So, yeah, I mean, what, what you're, tr- I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I'm perceiving that you are looking at with this whole struggle thing is appreciating the importance of knowing what you don't want. No, uh, no, no, that's no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Tell me about this whole struggle thing of yours then. Yes. Uh, yes. I knew this so, was going to be a good match here. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I just knew this. No, no, I, I appreciate being challenged because I'm writing about this. And so I need to learn to explain it. And if people have trouble understanding, then I need to do a different job. A better so job. you can just struggle through it, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so what I when I say struggle and I one of the things that I have to take attention that people often associate or 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 you interchange struggle and suffering, so that's two different things for me. But when I say struggle, I mean the challenge, the the stepping outside of your comfort zone in essence. Struggle is stepping outside your comfort zone. Yes. That is my working definition of struggle. What makes that a struggle? Mm. Because it's uncomfortable. It's going against, as we were talking about, your, your, your patterns, the things that you would normally do that you are more inclined to want to do. So it makes it, you know, you feel, you feel, um, you, you know, you get, like I said, sensations, <laughs> just like when I'm, doing my HIIT training and I'm running and my body wants to stop that to me, mm-hmm. it's a struggle. So that's what I'm talking about. It's an interesting point because I found that whenever I am on what we'll call the safety zone side, and I've been there for a while, the comfort zone side, and, and I have been resistant to leaving it, that feeling of resistance feels like a struggle to get through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, if I change the perspective to what it's like after I've gotten out of the comfort zone, then to me, the struggle is actually staying inside the comfort zone. The perspective is everything. True. But, but right. So it does depend on which side you're on. And so that's part of what I'm hoping to write about changing your perspective from, you Mm -hmm. know, the way you see the struggle, you know, know, so when you get on the other side, you see it differently, but what if we could learn to see it before we get on the other side? That that's part of my challenge of writing about this. This is something that uh, Joel and I used to talk about a lot because, of course, Joel was co-hosting for a number of years with me, and he's big into this idea of how valuable struggle is. Mm -hmm. And I I can certainly see the viewpoint. I I can see both sides of it. And and that's what's so fascinating. I mean, I was going to um, go into something, but, Louis, I knew you were going to say something, so I'll I'll just turn it over to you so you can finish what you're going to say because I'm curious to see where where you're going to take it. So how, how, how much do you know about Abram Hicks? And the teachings. I 
I, I've read some of his works. Work, work. <laughs> I've, yes. I've I read a couple of his books. I don't remember. There, actually. <laughs> yeah. Their books. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> if I said to you step five, you wouldn't know what, what, what I was yeah. talking about. No. no. Okay. So to me, what I'm feeling is what you're talking about is step five. Mm-hmm. Which is? Um, well, step one is when you know what you don't want. Um, step two is when you have a better idea what you do want. And step three is manifestation of what you do want. Step four is the practice of lowering your resistance to manifest. So doing step three again and again and again. And step five is appreciating step one, which is knowing what you don't want Mm -hmm. and turning it around to know what you do want at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's kind of seeing what you don't want, knowing what you do want at exactly the same time and going, making that flip. Okay. So from the struggle, moving forward to the relief and release of whatever you want. So, um, so here's what I'm perceiving (laughs) that both you and Walt are probably better students of, um, you know, the teachings of Abraham Hicks than I am. And I know that there is a lot of discussions about what you do want and what you don't want as far as their teachings are concerned. But, and maybe this is something I need to think more about, but I, when I think about struggle, it's not, it's not in terms of something that you do want or, or don't want. In fact, if I were to think about it, I think it's more of my goal is to help people see that struggle is something they do want, you know, to, to take on the challenge, to defy the odds, to step outside of their comfort, comfort zone. And so if we, if we broke down the word struggle, would you say it's, it, it leans on the side of what you do want or what you don't want? If you just broke it down onto that. Uh, so I'm thinking it's leaning on the side of what you do want. But here's the other thing. I think you can have uh, a, a particular cir- set of circumstances and one person can see it as a struggle and another person can see it as an obstacle or, or, or a suffering or something, you know, and, I, and I'm saying that the way you perceive it is what make what makes it beneficial in terms of how it changes you, how you can use it to to become more of who you want to be, essentially. Okay, so I'm going to pause you there, Walt. I'm going to ask you if if I said the word struggle, is it what you do want or what you don't want? It depends how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes to me, a struggle sounds like something I don't want. Other times, it sounds like something I can hardly wait to take on just depends on how I'm feeling. I, it's, it's, I'm the one who's bringing the vibration. Struggle is simply mm-hmm. how I'm just, uh, I'm labeling my reaction. And sometimes I'm feeling good about the label. Sometimes I'm not feeling good about the label. Yeah. The, the interesting thing in my mind is that I perceive, this is my perception that most of humanity would perceive the word struggle as what they don't want. Maybe I think that's true. I, I agree with that. I think that most people would agree with that. Yes. So, so therefore I, when, 
when when you bring it in your book, mm-hmm. struggle, the word struggle, you're really going to have to define it very, very clearly of what you actually mean by it. Yes. And, and uh, you're going to really have to get that point across because most people are going to see that as what you don't want. Yes, and yes. Of course, every subject's two subjects, wanted and unwanted, but you know, struggle still seems to be a lot more on the one side than the other. Right. So that is actually one of the main objectives of my book is to get people to see struggle differently, like to have a different vibration towards the idea of struggle. So I'm hoping that with my writing, that that's one of the things that happens, that their their mental, whatever, vibrational energy that they bring towards the word struggle or anything closely related to that shifts and it does and, and it doesn't have the same old connotations because for a lot of people struggle is suffering and that's not the case they're two different things right but of course if you you know if it's a struggle there where you feel helpless and you feel victimized and, and powerless then that's suffering but if it's a struggle where you're being challenged to to come out of your comfort zone, to grow, to get stronger, get better, faster, wiser, whatever it is, then that is actually a gift. It's something that, you know, that can be uh, of, you know, enormous benefit to you. And so the idea is first to change your mindset about struggle because, uh, you know, coming from my background in, in, like I was talking about in a very conservative Christian background, um, struggle and suffering were synonymous and not only were they synonymous but you were taught whether directly or indirectly that you 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 need to suffer you deserve to suffer because you're a sinner and and you know you are unworthy and so suffering is all that there is and and in fact you know the more you suffer, the more God is going to love you and all that kind of, and you know, those kinds of ideas. And even though there are people who are not as inclined conservatively and religiously, they still have some of that in their subconscious. And so what happens is anything that looks remotely like a struggle, they avoid. They avoid like the plague, you know, they stay far away from, they want to have nothing to do with when it can actually, if they had a different perception of it, it can actually be something that could be a benefit to them, in, in, you know, in some. Well, you guys are going to be blown away to know that we just completed Whoa. an hour worth of programming. So, <laughs> so we're going to have to carry on this conversation next week, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good conversation. Before we go, I want to remind people who are not yet subscribers, we want you to subscribe. This is the kind of great content you get every single day, five days a week. And it's so simple to do if you haven't figured it out already. Um, for those who don't really know how to do it, we've made it easy. Go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. And at the top of the page, you'll find instructions for your particular device. It actually detects what kind of device you're using and then guides you through the process. And after that, all of our episodes come streaming right to your device five days a week just as we record them. Um, by the way, also check us out on YouTube. That way you can see what Yuana looks like. You can see what Louie looks like. You can see what I look like. And it's kind of fun. We also can be part of the live stream if you can listen in during the time frame that we record this, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. New York time. Um, and, you know, subscribe there as well. But whatever you do, make sure you subscribe because let me tell you, your daily dose of happy, this is not just a little tagline. We really mean it. You end up feeling better listening to the show. So become a subscriber. And uh, Yuana and Louie, 
I think we're off to a good start here. This is this is boding very yes. well. Lots of interesting conversation going on. So better better get uh, ready for next week. Next week is going to be even more mind-blowing. Very, very interesting. I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yes. All right. So thank you very much. Thank you especially to our podcast listeners. We really love you. We couldn't do this without you. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Because it really